if you're not ready to implement, then it's clearly a bad idea to to join just for building relationships or for even learning the information. That's not sufficient. We are Michael Vesey in London, England. And Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. More importantly, you are the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be. We're here to get you there. For show notes with links and resources mentioned today and for other GC resources like downloads, just visit our blog, theecommerceleader.com. Today's sponsor is Eva, the best Amazon stock management tool. How much has going out of stock cost you over the lifetime of your business? And what is it going to cost you this Q4? Eva predicts precisely what stock you need. It learns from your account and it improves constantly. Eva serves hundreds of private label seven-figure sellers. To get a 15-day free trial, go to amazingfba.com forward slash Eva. That's amazingfba.com forward slash E-V-A. Hey folks, welcome back to The E-Commerce Leader. We are talking today about how to find your perfect community, a paid community, should you in fact be joining a high-priced mastermind for e-commerce sellers or business owners. And if so, how do you choose that? How do you get the right community? Surprisingly important question for a lot of e-commerce operators for small business owners who operate often in isolation from each other. It can be a really powerful and surprisingly big problem for people to find a really great place to meet other like-minded entrepreneurs and really help you move your business forward. There's lots of potential, but there are some frustrations which can come with finding the perfect group as well. So hopefully you can work those through with us and uh, find yourself the perfect e-commerce community. I've just got to mention the one that I'm, uh, because I mentioned it during the podcast, if you want to come and check out what I do at the 10K Collective Mastermind in London, England, it's for e-commerce operators who sell primarily on Amazon, six and seven figures and live in the UK or Europe. So it's quite specific. If that happens to coincide with you, come and check it out at the amazonmastermind.com. And of course, if you want to check out what Jason and Kyle are doing, it's at omnirocket.com. And I uh, hope you enjoy the show. So would you say with, with regards to the social side then, so feeling kind of anxious around your fellow members, would you say that the, obviously Zoom doesn't produce the bond that in-person does. Would you say that it, it, twice a year is typical from the masterminds that you've seen? And would you say that doesn't feel like it, it's enough? Or what's, what's going on there for you? Yeah, it's hard. The groups I've been a part of, it generally, it, it depends. Some are, are totally virtual. Some have like a, you know, meet once a year type, you know, agreement. But it's been sort of all over the board. I, that part's never really worked to me. You know, the only the only mastermind group I'd say I was a part of wasn't a paid high ticket thing. It was actually meeting somebody at a, an event. It was a Jeff Walker event, product launch formula event. And I met a guy, uh, Mike, and we hit it off. Just were in the same hotel and had breakfast together. And as it happens, he's a digital marketer. And we we started doing just, uh, you know, Zoom meetings. He's from Scotland. And uh, we started doing Zoom meetings and we did that for like five years. It was amazing. It was great. But it was totally organic and it wasn't a paid thing, you know. It was just because we really were interested in learning from each other. And and uh, and then we we met actually at several other brands, events. We would go to Brendan Burchard events together, that kind of thing. And so, you know, that's the only time I w- would really say I met somebody in one of these that's really turned into sort of a, a long-term learning, relational kind of a connection. Yeah. 
That's interesting. I've got to say that I have seen things growing out on the masterminds. I'm not sort of toot my own trumpet. Maybe it's the question of how narrow your against the the point of the people and how narrow the focus yeah. is of the type of people you got there that have seen people yeah. form various forms of partnerships sometimes they last longer than others and work better than others don't get me wrong but there, there have been some quite a lot mm-hmm. of collaborations that's almost like a sign of health in a mastermind in a way i would say that's that's interesting mm-hmm. to hear that's only yeah. come up once so related to that and i've got you got another question here i'm going to nick your question but it is yours so what do you hope you're learning is that realistic is a question you've asked which i think is very very good. I'm going to put that question to you because <laughs> it feels like you go in with a lot of hope multiple times. You definitely have a lot of optimism around masterminds and it mm-hmm. feels like you're being disappointed quite often. So, so what's the answer for you? What do you hope you'll learn and has that been realistic so far? Well, the core sales job for marketing a mastermind goes something like this. The guru knows a bunch of techniques for generally marketing or digital marketing or whatever it is, e-commerce. And the people in the room are only going to be really successful, you know, students, protégés, you know, learners that have also scaled and you too can be a part of this group. The implication there is that you're going to learn how the guru did what the guru did and be able to replicate that, that, that outcome. And learn what the mentor, you know, mentees did, you know, the, the fellow learners, what they've done and replicate the outcome in your own business, in your own context. Maybe that's just too big a stretch. Maybe it does happen. And, but I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't, in my case, it's never, I've never felt like that promise was fulfilled. Like the promised land that they said we would get to. I haven't seen that land, promised land. I don't see the, the land flowing with milk to use the biblical narrative the grapes the size of watermelons or whatever i've never seen the 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 fruit of it quite materialized like that like you know i it was sold and that's interesting to me to look back on and so maybe it's on me you know maybe it's not realistic maybe i'm hearing what i want to hear and believing what i want to believe as i go into such ventures and i'm not down on these groups i you know, I'm continuing to sign up for them because I do have this underlying thesis, which is if you don't learn, you don't grow. And learning and growing in our business is vital. And the question is, how do you best do that? And I do think that there's opportunity to do that in in these types of groups or else I wouldn't keep signing up for them. And I'm not saying I've gotten zero value. That wouldn't be fair at all. I have gotten value. I've gotten frameworks and clarity on ideas. And I would say that they've loosely translated into growth and success inside businesses, but it hasn't been a cleanest process as I imagined, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, interesting. And and again, you're not alone in that. I guess a lot of people, as one of my guests put on recently, Ken Burke, who's been through everything he's actually had a 10 figure exit of an e-commerce business in 2016 so he's really been around the block and he he had Segura capital fund him and everything and he said yeah you know 10 out of 10 marketers will tell you their stuff works but maybe two out of 10 does so i guess you Mm -hmm. know it's a question of you've got it's weird isn't it you've got to have that kind of belief that things are possible there's no Mm -hmm. point becoming a cynic and yet filtering things for reality is difficult isn't it i guess the only thing you can do is suck it and see and you're willing to keep trying it and the other reflection i have on that is just this that it feels like 
the programs that you've been going to offer and your hope has been a combination of both a peer group where you really feel you belong and connect and they're your people as the phrase you use which is very much you know my feeling around masterminds and why i'd want to be part of one and why i'd want to run one mm-hmm. and and also the combination of that and a sort of mentor i mean yeah and learning outcomes you, from the mentor and learning yeah. outcomes so, yeah. so there's a lot yeah. of things that that are hoped for and i guess mm-hmm. implied by the price tag right i mean it sounds like you've actually had very successful relationship with a mentor that you've described, which wasn't even paid, right? You've got a, a person you have, mm-hmm. you know, breakfast meetings mm-hmm. with. Um, is there perhaps a thesis for separating those out and having a peer group on the one hand and a mentor on the other that don't yeah. happen to know each other? Yeah, I mean, it's totally right. As you're describing it, I didn't think about my, you know, relationship with my mentor, Ron, but that was a totally unpaid thing, of course, except I buy breakfast every other Saturday when we met, but I met with him for probably eight or nine years every Saturday. We rarely missed. And he was in a completely different industry, but he was a small business operator with a lot of experience on the finance and process and system side, completely different business context than what Cinnamon and I were in. But I learned a ton from that guy. And he didn't have a book or curriculum or anything to, like, he, he wasn't trying to be, you know, a mentor. It was just somebody who was a crusty old business operator that was willing to, you know, go to lunch because I kept him entertained and I would talk about crypto and e-commerce and stuff like that, that he would just laugh about and had no clue on. And, and then, you know, he'd learn a little bit about it. And, but, but that was, that was an example of the completely unpaid thing. I think that this question of what your uh, goals are, or your outcomes that you're, you're trying to get out of this is really vital because for example, I'll just use this and as an example, and so I'll use Jeff Walker as product launch formula as an example. I have not been a part of his mastermind, so nothing that I've said in this conversation is about his mastermind, to be clear. But what I have said to people repeatedly is, if you want the best product launch training, sign up for Jeff Walker's product launch formula event. But then I've always said to people, but just read his book, because why wait for the event? Well, you could read his book. I went through his you know, high-ticket training $2,000 course. I've also gone to his live events and done all of the workbook training for three days and also have his book. And if you just buy his book, you're, you know, that's the learning outcome that you want. Just get this, you know, $7 version on Kindle or whatever it is. And so I think that is a, a core, you know, consideration is what is your outcome that you're trying to achieve? Um, you know, Jeff has 10 years worth of YouTube videos. You could just watch those videos if your goal is just to learn the guy's stuff. And that's much, much, much cheaper than being a part of a small group or anything like that. So I think those are vital considerations to really think about objectively, not in the moment of like the emotional, like, hey, there's an opportunity. Hey, I want to buy this type, you know, in a minute. So So another reflection then is that you found somebody very, very helpful as a business mentor, perhaps particularly in the early stages for you of, of, of small business, shall we say. Obviously, you knew a lot about business. You had an MBA. You were working for a you know, big yeah. charity. But so my question is, does the mentor have to be in the same industry if what you need is maybe the non-industry specific generic business skills? I mean, certainly I would say a reason to take that thesis seriously is that most of what I see with a lot of my mastermind members is that where they're really lacking skills isn't the latest e-commerce marketing hack at all not to Mm -hmm. say you shouldn't learn it Mm -hmm. but it's actually because their finances are non-existent or a mess for example what what are your thoughts on that do they have to be in the same industry no no clearly not i mean i think there's 
you know, there's, there's, there's not either, or this can all be both. And you can be a part of the group for learning tactical strategy, things in your niche or industry, but you also can be a part of groups that are much more foundational or fundamental in nature, you know, where you talk about what does wisdom look like in general, you know, what does the wisdom look like in business? What does good solid, you know, business process look like for the boring mundane things like legal accounting, finance, operations, inventory control, you know, all that stuff is niche or, you know, product agnostic. It's more just the foundational stuff. And the better you get at that stuff, the better you're going to be at any niche. You, you're going to bring those skill sets to any party and be like, yeah, I know how to run a business. And so to me, I mean, these are all learning objectives is I wanted all that stuff. I wanted to learn how to run a business. I had an MBA for that reason. Um, uh, but then I got practical wisdom and experience from that, that mentor and from just experimentation, but there's still a place for these small group masterminds where it's like, okay, we're going to nerd out over this specific angle or industry or niche or topic or, you know, marketing approach. So, so I, mean, I think that's, that's an, a key consideration, you know, is I guess these things can't solve all your problems or all your learning yeah. hopes and desires that that's just not realistic, you know? So. Well, you're you're uh, and you've been kind of the crash test dummy for quite a few of these things. So yeah, your, your experience might suggest that that's that's a hard thing to achieve. Certainly, maybe it's possible yeah. out there somewhere. You've got a couple of other yeah. points that I ought to give you a chance to to say, like other things to think about if you're considering. You know, is the mastermind the right kind of thing for me? Particularly high ticket mm -hmm. one. Yeah, what, yeah. What I mean, I think another consideration is: Are you ready to implement and you know implement the approaches and strategies that the guru is leading into and that the group is focused on? If you're not ready to implement, then it's clearly a bad idea to, to join just for building relationships or for even learning the information. That's not sufficient. It's like, where's the rubber hit the road? Are you actually going to do the stuff? And, so, you know, I mean, I've been a part of groups where it's like nice people, great information, but I'm not doing any of this, you know, because it's just not the right, not to, I'm not ready to implement right now. Maybe it's too early. You know, I'm like, I'm a year away from this or you know, whatever. And so I think that's a key consideration is generally speaking, these courses don't go away or these groups don't go away. And if the time is right, then, you know, they'll be, it'll be available to you to join again, despite what the gurus generally saying in their pitch or whatever. And so I think that's a, that's a key part of it. So I, you know, I, I hope this doesn't sound like I'm super down on groups or our masterminds because i just again joined one <laughs> and uh, and and i and i i think they're valuable i think they have their place and i and i think it's important for us to ask the hard question of how are we learning new things and how are we getting better skill sets because if we're not learning we're we're shrinking back we're, we're dying yeah. our business will fail if we stat you know become static and what we know is e-commerce operators or marketers, you know, if you, if you took what you knew in 2016 and said, that's the only thing I'm going to just implement over and over, you know, you wouldn't be as successful as yeah. if you said, what's the new thing? Who do I learn it from? How do I learn it well and really implement and learn from others around me? And I, so to me, that's the underlying desire is this, this, you know, kind of education in groups and it's vital. It, it ha you have to have that in my view, as a small business operator, or you're not going to be successful. I agree with that. There's one little nuance perhaps I want to pick up, which is you have to learn the new thing. Now, I, I agree with that, 
because e-commerce and digital marketing, digital environment generally is always changing. So new is really critical. But to the point about foundational things, those change less over time. They do change, mm -hmm. tax codes mm -hmm. change, but more slowly generally. And I think actually perhaps that's just a different place where you learn that. Perhaps you need a, a different type of group or a different mm -hmm. mentor or a different thing. Maybe it just comes down to, as you say, the hard thing is to get it all in one place. And maybe that... Mm -hmm the pitch from the gurus is, is sufficiently enticing that you think you're going to get it in one place. And maybe that's, as you said, it's really kind of hard. I guess that's one thing that's coming out of today, um, yeah. which really yeah. brings us to our last question that you've got, isn't it really? I think this is a good one that follows on. Yeah. And then a final thought was, are there better alternatives? And so this is a, you know, sort of an objective point of view on these things, but you know, you've, you've gotten in someone's funnel there. They've been, I'm sorry, sorry. I'm used yep. to you completely no, no, no. by accident. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. You got in someone's funnel. Yeah. yeah. So the you know you're in somebody's funnel and you've uh, you you've heard their marketing pitch. You know who they are. You've started to know, like, and trust them. And then they, they have a small group mastermind that you can be a part of. And the temptation is to say yes to that because you know, like, and trust the person, and you're liking the presentation of business success and you know, all of skills that they have and they're, they're going to teach you in the small group. But the harder, more objective thing is to say, is this person really the actual best person in this industry for this thing? Or is there somebody who would approach this thing in a way that is more appealing to me and who I am and what I'm all about? And, you know, somebody who I would align with their ethos and you know, perspectives more. And I think that's a key consideration that is more objective to think about because the problem is you don't know what you don't know. You don't know the other people in the industry. You haven't been a part of nine people's funnel and they all kind of do the same thing and they all kind of have the same programs. And then you can you know, objectively say, well, this person is, you know, like this, they're into this, this is their style, personality, cultural fit, societal point of view, whatever. And these other people have this other point of view, you know, and, and it can come down to just little things like, you know, their stylistic choices. Are they really like a, a harsh yeller of you know, passionate pound the table, you know, cuss a lot at you and just be like, you know, get in your face or are they more like mothering and loving, you know, like do they come off as like a real gentle soul that's going to you know, gently nudge you towards truth. Those are very different stylistic, you know, options and alternatives. And so I think that's a key consideration is, you know, it, are you going to learn from somebody who has the absolute best fit for who you are and what you need to, you need to learn and how you need to learn it. And I, I think that's hard to figure out, but I think it's worth asking the question. And, and, you know, some of us are trying to learn the same thing over and over and over year after year. It's like, I'm still trying to learn this. I'm still trying to learn this. I'm still trying to learn this. And I think that's where there's an opportunity here for us, which is, I guess, to be less committed to one person and just say, hey, you know, this year I'm going to be a part of this person's group. Next year I'm going to be part of this other person's group and I'm going to strategically do that. So I learn and connect, you know, different ways because of the two experiences. Yeah, I mean, I guess one option that I, I see and hear quite a lot from the mastermind members is that quite a few people are a member of more than one group, and some mm -hmm. of them are quite expensive. And the 10K Collective is ridiculously affordable at the time of speaking, so I'm going to put the price up because it, the value yeah. it produces. But to, to your point, uh, yes, I, I think it feels a bit like sometimes, funny reference point, but in, my intuition is saying, 
you know, I talk to people sometimes talking about their life partner slash significant other, wife, husband, whatever you call it in the 2022. Yeah. And I think a lot of the complaints come from the fact that you're trying to get everything from one relationship. That puts a heck of mm. a burden on that one relationship. And I'm not saying mm. that, you know, you shouldn't get a lot out of your wife or husband as, as a relationship or, or, and give a lot. Of course, that's the other side <laughs> you got to think about. And, and business partnership is, is, you know, intense as well. And there's a lot there. But I think with a mastermind or a, a, a mentor, to your point, you've got to commit or not commit. And I think that's not a bad thing to therefore put a high price on it, but you're not going to get everything from one place. And I think that's one thing that's really, I don't know what's emerged for you and if it's been helpful to you, Jason, and therefore to the listeners, but I've, one thing mm -hmm. that's emerged from your relations of these things is that trying to get everything in one place sounds really difficult. It doesn't sound yeah. like you personally ever experienced a mastermind that's actually got the program and the mentor and the pay group to any high level of satisfaction. But yeah. what you have expressed is that you've had a mentor who you had a very strong and good relationship with and learned a, a ton from, but it wasn't actually in your industry and that you have had connections with people kind of in your industry. So it feels like mm -hmm. the elements, the pieces of the jigsaw are out there and maybe, I don't know, maybe we all just need to put them together for ourselves. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because you've got to, you've got to invest with something and you've got, and you have an expectation of something being returned. So it's either time or money that you're investing in, you know? So going to breakfast every Saturday for nine years with somebody who's your mentor is a time commitment more than, and, you know, kind of a long-term time commitment more than it is a money commitment. And so that's different calculus, you know, it's a different, like, what are my expectations in terms of return for me? But when it's a, when it's a high ticket mastermind, it becomes very money focused. Like, okay, I'm going to spend, pick the number 10,000, $20,000. I expect if this doesn't help me by that amount or two or three or 10 times more in return, that this is not successful. So it becomes very transactional in a way, in, in, in some ways, but that's, I mean, fair enough. You have to evaluate these things on either, you know, is it improving the quality of your life and your business in non-monetary ways, or is it returning an ROI that you can say, yes, I, I spent this money and I know I learned these things and I got these relationships and now I'm doing X amount better. So anyway, so th I think those are key considerations. So hopefully this hasn't been an intense amount of navel gazing and therapizing <laughs> Jason's choices related to high ticket masterminds, but hopefully it's been helpful for people to listen to our thinking and thought process as we evaluate these important decisions. Well, absolutely. And I think the reason I sort of indulged in, in sort of putting that spin on it playfully is is that actually a lot of people out there will be going through the same things because I speak to my mastermind members, some of whom have paid, never mind, you know, $20,000 for, for a year long mastermind. They paid $10,000 for one weekend long event in Las Vegas. Like mm -hmm. the fact that it's a weekend long event in Las Vegas to me should give a little bit of a warning flag over it. I'm just saying, but you know, what do I know? <laughs> I, I've not been to Las Vegas, but it, it, that just, yeah, it says to me, that's putting a heck of an expectation you're going to get a value out of that but it, yes uh, to your point about not being down on masterminds i think it is a thing to wrestle with i've been basically running on parts of masterminds for about eight years now in the e-commerce space actually wow. and i started doing it for my own sake and now i run something for beginners and then i've been running the 10k collective for, for six to seven figure amazon sellers for five years now and i keep wrestling with the best way to do it because i to your point i also have faith maybe from the opposite side not so much driven to join so many as to although i have done as to try and run one that that really sings and hums and and gives that kind of connection that you you clearly hunger yeah. for and that all of us hunger for and so i think there is power in it there's immense power in it but it, it is something you've got to 
seek out and and to your point i guess be quite maybe critical is not the right word but but really think about is it a match for you rather than just mm -hmm. going along with the marketing i think is, is yeah what I'm totally totally agree well thank you for a great conversation today on this topic if you are listening to this conversation on any podcast player we'd love to have your highest and best review the five stars or the comments or whatever you can do to support the show it's really a huge blessing and help last month as we record this last month was our highest listenership month ever crazy and it just keeps getting better and better so we're really really grateful for the chance to serve e-commerce leaders and we hope to make content that continues to resonate with your guys's heart from california and your mind from London and uh, put the peanut butter and the chocolate together and uh, have a great time with it. So Michael, thank you as always for a great conversation. Thanks, Ben. You see. That was the e-commerce leader podcast with Michael Vesey in London, England and Jason Miles in Seattle, Washington. If you liked this content, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast app. For free resources, including PDFs and videos on topics like traffic, products, and sales channels, just go to www.theecommerceleader.com. No hyphens, just as it sounds. Thanks so much for listening.